Turning your Bibles, first of all, to Luke chapter 18. I want to say this before we get started. This message this morning, studying it in my office, spurred in me this this passion to share with some of you, no, all of you, about prayer, prayer. I recognize that there are people in this room that are better prayer warriors than than myself or than others. And I recognize there are those here that you struggle with your prayer life. And again, I I want to be a blessing to you. I, I go into some of these message thinking, if this was my last sermon ever I would want this one to be the most important thing how to get hold of God we how do how to pray and I point this out to you because the happiest most successful of us are those who know how to pray I got saved March 8th 1975 Went to church March 9th, 1975. My wife and I both, uh, she got saved that Sunday morning. Mine was a Saturday morning. And we both got baptized March 9th, 1975. I went to the pastor, one of our, our missionaries. And I said, now what? He said, well, he said, go home, read your Bible and pray. And he turned his back on me and walked away. Well, Brother Eddie, if you're listening, you need to be more detailed. And uh, we went home and we prayed without any instruction, any model or anything. And I think our prayer simply went, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Bonnie might have been longer with her, her own family involved. And we didn't know how to pray. And we got... We, we got books from the, the Bible bookstore. And by the way, 85% of all books have to do with prayer that you get in Bible bookstores. And most of them are bought by women who want to know how to pray with power. So we read about prayer. We, had, we were in Spain and we had no TV to rob us of our time. And we... We learned some models of prayer that worked for us. On board ship, I quickly gathered together all the men, that were, most of the men on board ship that were Christians, and we had a prayer closet. It was a prayer closet that was probably about the size of my office, only it took six ladders, six or seven straight down ladders to get to it. And we met there for lunch every day, learning to pray. All of us encouraging one another to pray. It helped me to grow tremendously. When you can get hold of God. Now listen, most of us think of prayer as how to get what we want. Our needs. 
Some of us think about prayer as intercessory prayer, how to help others in our family, in our lives. I happen to think and believe the best prayer is the prayer that we do in praise and in worship of him. That's what's missing for most people's lives. Jesus loves to be worshipped and to be praised. And yet most of the Christians in the whole world, all he gets is the gimme prayers. So I want to encourage you with that. I want to start off by saying there are six types of prayer. There are five ways God answers them. There are four ways we at least should be praying for him. And the end result is to practice his presence in our lives, to feel his presence in our lives. If you're with me, I had asked you to look at Luke 18. Jesus was always trying to teach his apostles. In Luke 18, we have what's called persistent prayer. Luke chapter 18, this morning, the lady, the Canaanite woman whose daughter was possessed, she demonstrated persistent prayer, stayed with him, stayed with him, followed him, followed him until, until God answered her. Luke 18, 1. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither cared about man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her, watch this, continual coming, she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge says. And shall not God avenge his own elect, his own chosen, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge, he will answer them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find, here's the word, faith faith on the earth. I said six types of prayer. There comes a time when you stop praying. We'll see that. But until we get that no answer, we keep praying. We wear him out. We follow him wherever he might go and helping, asking for his help. I said there were six types. The second type is called insistent, to insist upon prayer. In James 5, 16, James says, Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. And here's the verse. The effectual, fervent. The word fervent means fire. The effectual, fervent prayer of righteous men generic people 
availeth much. Looking at that again, to be insistent is to be effectual, fervent, on fire prayer. I've got to have this. I've got to get this from you, Lord. And you don't give up. With passion, with passion, you pray the insistent prayer. If you would, would you turn to Ephesians 6? Ephesians 6. We talk about resistant prayer. Resistant prayer. This is a prayer I think my wife prayed every morning before our children got on the bus, the van. And I think it made a tremendous difference. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, resistant prayer. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles, the plans of the devil. You know, the devil's trying to wear you out too. We're trying to wear God out with our persistent prayer, but the devil is persistent in wearing us out. So put on the whole armor of God. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Resistant, carrying, carrying your shield of faith. Resistant prayer. Uh, lately, Penn State has been doing close to number one in the nation in wrestling. And when you're channel surfing, you, you get to see these, these guys sometimes. And I watched a match the other day. And oh my goodness, are they quick looking for any opening their opponent gives them. And they just fly into that, that opening to take him down, to take his opponent down. And that's, that's what we're talking about. The devil is waiting for you to op give him an opening. And he will, he will come in and take you down. That's why we need to have resistant prayer. I said I had six types of prayer. The first was persistent, don't give up. Insistent, effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Three was resistant prayer. The next one is desistent. Desistent prayer, meaning do it yourself. I get phone calls all week long, and it's okay. It's my position. It's my joy. And I, I would say to you in front of her, my wife is, is truly the, the better prayer warrior than I am. But we get prayer requests from many of you. And that's good. We're supposed to. We, get, we have this prayer chain. When something is an urgency, an emergency, we want to hear it. We want to pass it on. But there's also something where you are to do it yourself. There is great value in you doing desistant prayer, do-it-yourself prayer. One of my very favorite psalms, Psalms 37, 4, actually 4 and 5. 
Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust in him, and he shall bring it, the desires of your heart, to pass. So important, so important to do, to have your own prayer life, your own prayer closet. Tomorrow, Lord willing, I have a choice, probably. Tomorrow, I can go to the dentist and get the hole in my tooth where a cavity came out. I can get it fixed. That's Bonnie's wish. Or I might just go to the mountain and get on my prayer rock and pray. I love that. We all need to have places like that. It can wait till Tuesday, sweet. Say what? Maybe. We'll see what the, what the dentist says. I am going to have to call because I have a wife named Bonnie. Yes. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust in him. That's about you doing it personally. And he will bring it to pass. Not because others are praying. Not because a prayer chain is, pray, is praying. And there's great value in that Galatians 6. But there is greater value in you doing your own prayer as well. Committing your way unto him and he shall bring the heart's desire to pass. Your heart's desire. Number five, secret prayer. Secret prayer. You don't see a lot of this. Everybody's, even in the form of gossiping, sharing their prayer requests, sharing their prayers for so-and-so, for so-and-so, for so-and-so. Watch. There are some things that demand they stay secret between you and God. Matthew 6, 6 says, But when you pray, Jesus says, enter into your closet and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father which is in secret. And your Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. We need to be able to see the importance of secret prayer, secret desires, secret prayers for others. Huh. Number six is specific prayer. Oh, Lord, bless me indeed. Have, be with me all day long, Lord. Have your presence felt with me. Don't let me get in any car accidents. Amen. Or, or specific prayer. In Luke eleven five, it says, He said unto them, Jesus, He said unto them, what, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, Loan me three loaves of bread. When you're talking to God, be specific. Tell him what you want, what you need. Yes, the umbrella covering works too. Have your presence felt with me all day long. But be specific. He loves it. He loves it when we are specific. Six types of prayer. Next. We have five ways 
that God answers prayer. Sometimes our prayers are answered and we don't even recognize it. Five ways that God answers prayer. You have to be kind of quick with me, but I'd like for you to turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We're a Bible church and we do need to learn how to use our Bibles better. 1 John chapter 5. Verses 13 and 14. Are you with me? 1 John chapter 5, 13 and 14. Five ways that God answers prayer. He answers prayer, the definite answer. No ways around it. It's definite. 5, 13 and 14. These things have I written unto you. To you who believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, positive knowledge, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's enough. As long as I know that I know that I know, that's faith, that's trust. As long as I know that I know that I know, that's belief in Him. As long as I know that I know that I know that He heard me. That He heard me. And that's one of the problems in communication, especially in marriages. When marriages have arguments, one cuts the other one off and the other one leaves the conversation not having had the opportunity to share what they would have said if they could. Give each other the freedom to communicate freely, completely. Okay, the definite answer, that was First John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. The definite answer. Number two, 2 Corinthians, if you would, chapter 12. 2 Corinthians, chapter 12. This is that very famous passage of Scripture where the Apostle Paul speaks about having a terrible pain in his side, a, so a thorn in his side, some kind of a, of a sickness or an ailment. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you'll read with me. Remember who Paul was. He was the most useful man on the face of the earth in that second half of, of the first century. He planted churches everywhere which those churches planted churches everywhere and the apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament and so it goes and yet God allowed Paul to have a sickness a pain a suffering look at it with me please starting in verse 7 by the way this is the Denied answer. The denied answer. 
When God says no, what are we supposed to do? There's a difference in being persistent until we get a yes, no, maybe, wait a while. But when, he, when we feel he has said no, okay, let's see how Paul responds. Chapter 12, verse 7, the Apostle Paul. And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, Paul had such a wonderful close relationship to God. It was as if he was in heaven itself. And there is evidence that he had been in heaven and then came back. There is evidence that he, he, he had even died maybe from being stoned and came back. So he had this wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. And yet, verse 7, lest, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse 7, and lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. What was this thorn? It was a messenger of Satan allowed by God to buffet me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. Lest I be too happy, too joyful, too having too much here on earth. And for this thing, verse 8, this pain, this suffering, this thorn. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, and when he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is enough for thee. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, in my sicknesses, in my pain, that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches. That's the way people treat him. In necessities. Those are the things that he needs in life. I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in my persecutions. Again, the way people treated him. I take pleasure in my distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then... Am I strong? The denied answer. Sometimes we get a no. God, will you please do this? And he says, no. What's he say? He says, no. My grace is enough. Handle it. Handle it with my strength, my help. And go on and move on. And he did. The Apostle Paul moved on. In John chapter 11, verse 17, would you turn there? Regular John, the Gospel of John, eleven seventeen. We have what's called the delayed answer. John chapter 11, verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had laid in the grave four days. Who are we talking about? 
Lazarus had been dead for four days. Why didn't Jesus get there sooner? The delayed answer. Now Bethany was close unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs or two miles, one and a half to two miles. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus allows the lesser to do the greater. Sometimes we get a delayed answer. We don't, it doesn't happen when we want it. It doesn't happen even when we think we need it. It happens when God finally answers. You know the rest of the story. You're Smith Corner's finest Christians. You know that he, he raised Lazarus from the dead in front of hundreds of people so that the greater testimony was stronger than if he would have not even allowed Lazarus to die. And chances are, and I've talked to some of you and others, Lazarus really enjoyed those four days. Amen? Well, five ways that God answers prayer, the definite answer, the denied answer, the delayed answer. And then we go to Acts chapter 16. The book of Acts, chapter 16. Acts, chapter 16, verse 6. You with me? Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia, Phrygia and the region of Galatia and they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. They were gone. I'm sorry. And they were come to Mysia. They essayed, They wanted to go to Bithynia but the Spirit stopped them. Turn to 19 verse 10. Acts 19 verse 10. And this continued by the space of two years so that all that they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Because Paul wasn't permitted to go to that area to the east. He stayed in Ephesus and he... He stayed for two years and he, he stayed there and he planted this church that grew and grew and grew and God gave a different answer than what the Apostle Paul wanted. Paul wanted to go to Spain. God had a different answer, different program. Paul wanted to go to Rome. He got to Rome. As a prisoner, he got to Rome. God had a different answer. And one of my favorite an answers is found in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, 
verse 21. Deuteronomy, we just covered this last year. I'm sorry. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Thank you, Sharon. I want to make sure everybody hears that. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Let's start looking at verse 21. Thou sh- Someone else? Deuteronomy 7, 21 and 22. The distributed answer. Little by little. Thou shalt not be affrighted at them. For the Lord thy God is among you. A mighty God and terrible. He by the way, is about to move in. The whole army, Joshua, is moving in to Israel to defeat the nation. He's not going to do it in one big final swoop and just move everybody out. No, he's going to do it slowly. Look at this. Verse 21 again. Thou shalt not be affrighted at them, for the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little. Thou mayest, not con- thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beast of the field increase upon thee. God has a plan. Some of our prayer answers that we get, we don't get the big major strides. Some of them aren't. Some of them are baby steps that we get. We just get little baby steps. We need to be aware, though, that God heard our prayer and is going to answer. And maybe not as big as we think. Might be a lifetime. But we have seen, we have seen in our lives and in our church, we have seen miracle after miracle. And it doesn't happen. I can't snap my fingers because of arthritis. It doesn't happen just that fast. It happens little by little sometimes. Winning people over, winning them to us, showing them love and showing them compassion, showing them kindness, being kinder and more compassionate to them than others are without Christ. Little by little. I, can, I can't even count the things God has done, even at our church, when things were done little by little. And even, the, even now, the parking lot, the walkway and the parking lot, it's going to start happening. And look at the, look at the struggle and prayer that we've had over and over and over. Nobody would even answer us. Some of the bigger companies, they wouldn't even answer us. Now they're starting to answer us. It's going to happen soon. The distributed answer. There's a verse or two I want to, I want to read to you. Jeremiah, in a very, very bad time in history. Jeremiah, what a, what a, what a prophet. He was a godly man in an ungodly world. And they hated him for his prophecies. But... 
Jeremiah 33.3, God says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Call unto me, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And he's speaking to a small minority, teaching a small minority of godly people in a very ungodly world. Call unto me, and I will answer you. Another verse that I like is found in Romans 15, 30. Now I beseech you, beseech means beg, I beseech you, I beg you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayers. Striving together in prayers. That's Wednesday nights when we share our prayer list. It's not supposed to be a gossip night. It's a time when we share, we are insistent, and we want others to strive with us for some of these prayers. We want prayer warriors to bond together with each other to pray for one another. Striving together in your prayers. I wanted you to turn to one of my favorite Psalms, Psalms 91. Psalms 91. I, I remember Psalms 91 from early on in my Christian life. Psalms 91, verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, that's the prayer closet. He that lives in their prayer closet. He that prays often, not just for things they want, but for the love of God. I once brought a, a story to you about my heart, God's house. I'm not going to do it over. I've done it three times in our church history. But when I symbolically was walking down the hallway of my heart and I looked into my prayer closet, my prayer room, and there was Jesus waiting on me in there. And I had forgotten him. And I went in and I said, Lord, I am so sorry. You've been here all this time waiting on me. And he said, listen, you think you're supposed to pray for your sake. It's for my sake. I love it when you pray to me. It's for me. When I read that short story years ago, it changed my life. I was praying, going to prayer. I was going to prayer for the things I wanted. And I'll share that. No, I won't. But when, when, uh, when you come before God, give Him your heart and give Him compliments, that's what worship is. Lord, you're so and fill in the blank 10, 20 times. Give him compliments. He loves it. He loves it. And so few Christians really do it. All they do is come to him with gimme prayers, help me prayers. 
But add to your prayer life that praise part where you are giving him compliments. Psalms 91, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, continually live, the word abide, under the shadow of the Almighty. And very quickly, jump to chapter, the same chapter, verse 16. With long, verse 13, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, that's the scorpion, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample underfoot. Now, of course, these are symbolic of the, of the problems you and I might have in our lives. Treading them under feet because he has because he hath set his love upon me, this man having the prayer closet, therefore will I, God, deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, and with long life will I satisfy him. And show him my salvation. I've gone over. They're going to go crazy downstairs. But I taught my children. And they live it this day. There was even a, there was even a prayer seminar in Kentucky. Teaching people how to, pray, how to pray. And of course, it was the cat's prayer that I always teach. Four elements of prayer, cats, C-A-T-S, C, confess, A, adore, giving him compliments, T, being thankful, and S is what we're good at, supplication, that means give me prayer. But I encourage you to try that. I, I should have even had a whole message just on the cat's prayer. I'll just say this. It's probably the number one thing that Bonnie and I use in raising our children, teaching it to young children, teaching it in our family, and even now. It works for us as a model prayer. There's others. Some of you are great prayer warriors already. So I'm not, I'm not offending you by saying, you need to do this. No, if you've got hold of God and you're in his prayer closet and you're, you're stepping on the dragon and the adders in your life, okay. But some aren't. Some need that kind of help. Lord, go with us into our lives. Help us, dear Lord, to see the end result. That end result is to feel your presence, to go into the prayer closet seeking your presence, to leave the prayer closet feeling your presence all day. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the joy of doing this. For just one, one person might turn their life over, turn their prayer life over, and become successful. In Jesus' name, amen.